Hey everyone, I'm Margie Grouse with the In the Garage podcast with carparts.com. I am with Malik Sahota, and today we're talking a whole bunch of car repair stuff again, as well as replacement parts. So, welcome, Malik. Hi, guys. So I love your history, how it kind of expands from a bunch of different types of vehicles, a bunch of different, you know, car subcultures. Uh, Sounds like you've been around the block. So let's just uh, talk about kind of how you got into cars and uh, what you're doing today. So I guess I got started in the 90s when I was a kid. Um, You know, my my dad was a car guy and I would just see the car magazines and hear his stories about SCCA racing. And um, I, I just got into it. Um, my first car was a was a Nissan, a Maxima, and I spent a whole ton of money. And my dad was super upset that I spent so much money on a car. And, and when I went racing, I thought he'd be proud of me, and he just told me I'm wasting money. So <laughs> can't <laughs> you know, win. can't win. <laughs> and, and you know, from there, you know, I, I got into other Nissans, and then I got into the classic BMWs. Mm. So I actually have my dad's first, or not his first car, but the car that he purchased in 1972, oh. and I restored that. And so that's when I really got into the old BMWs. I'd always been into like the M3s and stuff like that. But then now it's like the 70s BMWs. Yeah. Well, I mean, those those have so much character and they're but they're modern enough. Right. You know, when you have one that's well restored and you drive it on the freeway at 55, 65, 75, (laughs) uh, (laughs) I mean, they feel just as good as a as a modern car. They're, They're they're not that loud. They ride smoothly. They just don't have. Apple CarPlay. Yeah. Yeah. But you can add yeah. that in yeah. if you want to. But you won't, right? Do you, do <laughs> you stay no. classic? <laughs> I, I stay classic. Okay. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't need any of that. Okay. I just want the, the sound of the engine, you know, and, and that's, that's the only music I need. But I, I love that history. And, and really from uh, – so did your dad teach you things or was it kind of like uh, he's bored with cars? <laughs> so my, my, my dad – when I was a kid, he would teach me some basic stuff. But when I got older, it was more like you need to focus on school and education and and don't worry about cars. Mm. And, and I so I, like that. you know, I, I think that was the best teaching I needed because then I would go and learn myself, you mm. know, to to go against my dad. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you know, motivations there. Yeah. You know, yeah. Dads, yeah. we don't know what we're talking about half yeah. the time, yeah. but you try your best. And yeah. then, uh, you know, for for me with, with my family, it was, uh, you know, speaking Spanish. That was like, oh, well, you know, my grandfather said, like, you're going to be American, so we're not teaching you how to speak yeah. Spanish. So, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I was always like, no, you should have done that. <laughs> yeah. 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 I would have enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, but let's just talk about that kind of the, the life lessons that you mentioned that yeah. you have kind of applied from you working on cars and now you kind of transferred that into all aspects of your life. Yeah. So I, I think when I was younger, I didn't realize the value of, of working on cars or, or learning, you know, how to fix my own car. But now that I look back on it, um, I, I realize, you know, you learn a lot from trying to problem solve. You, you, you know, f- it's not as simple as a check engine light. It's mm-hmm. not as simple as, as, you know, one problem. You, you just have to take a step back, look at a problem as a whole, mm-hmm. and then diagnose it and, and go through it um, carefully. Otherwise, you're just firefighting. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're trying to fix one problem, but not, not really fixing the, the main issue or the root cause. And so... You know, career-wise, you know, I've, I've done okay, and, and I'd say part of that is by taking a step back, looking at problems as a whole, and then um, and, and 
you know, figuring out what the root cause and figuring out everything that's connected to the problem that manifests. So, so I, I give credit to cars for, for teaching me that. I believe that. Cause you know, a lot of times with uh, problem solving is you're using a band aid rather than, uh, an actual solution. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, if, if your tires keep wearing out, you know, the, the, the problem really isn't the tires wearing, tires out. wearing out. It's like, okay, well, did you check all your suspension? Did you check your alignment? And, you know, you, you go up the tree until you find the real problem, and then your car's tires last 40,000 miles or 10,000, however they're supposed <laughs> That's to. That's how you drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're talking yeah. about Nissan, so I guess <laughs> yeah. the, the drifting didn't oh, yeah. help yeah. with that too much. Yeah, yeah, so... No, I, I think that could apply to almost anything, you know, business or your job or, or any of those different things. If you could, you know, figure out why that problem happened in the first place, then now yeah. you have uh, something yeah. you can fix. And, and I think that's the lesson is that problems are not singular. There's there's many, uh, you know, pieces of, of a problem. And if you don't solve all of them, you just you know, you're going to, you're going to see that problem again. So oh, and it, it might make everything worse that yeah. you didn't find the solution in the first yeah. place. You yeah. Know? I think with, uh, you know, modern cars, you, you could, you know, maybe find just by, you know, looking at the car and the, the CPU to see what the issue actually is. But with seventies, you know, yeah. BMWs, maybe not so much, but, but, you know, you'd be surprised the check engine lights, you know, you have to remember what, the check engine light is it's like an electric sig signal right so so even with a modern car um you know you you have to look at okay why why is this check engine light on is it the oxygen sensor or is it the catalytic converter or is it an airflow meter that's that's bad mm -hmm. and and even with modern cars you still need that that diagnosis um to really to pick out the problem um and sometimes, even with modern cars, there's no check engine light. I mean, I, I'm working on a car. I mean, it's not a new car. It's 20 years old, but yeah. there's no check engine lights. But you have you have a bunch of symptoms, and then you just start connecting the symptoms. Like, what symptom causes the car to run rough, but also causes the transmission to shift? Oh. So you have to look at the different car systems and how they work together, because you know you'll have a a car that runs rough and you'll be like, oh, this is an ignition problem or maybe it's a fuel problem. But then, you know, you add on that the transmission shifts, you know, when in, in reaction to the running rough and then it gets you into a whole another world of problems, which I'm currently sitting in. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're doing it right. Cause yeah, I mean, you yeah. could for, you know, a lot of people it's like, well, that thing was clanking and now it's not clanking. So I fixed the problem. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's not fixing anything yeah. necessarily. <clears throat> Maybe you hit a bump and it got realigned into <laughs> yeah. place or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. So, so with the uh, let's talk about the Nissans and kind of some of those uh, swaps that you did. Um, what would you say? What was your favorite project in that regard? Um, you know, I think when I was younger, I would just do whatever I could afford, and mm. then I would do whatever was more extreme. Um, you know, my my favorite Nissan project right now is the car that runs, but, <laughs> but, but besides that is, uh, um, I do have a, uh, S 14, 240 SX nice. and it has a VQ 35 HR from a 2008 350 Z. So wow. basically I took, took the, the typical 240 SX chassis and with the help of friends much smarter than me, um, you know, figured out all the, the can canvas wiring mm. and, uh, the, 
the just the, the physical challenges of putting a larger, wider engine and a six-speed manual transmission in, in an old 1995 240. So. Wow. So when you do something like that, do you actually map out the entire project first, or is it more like, let's just get in there and get to work? Well, if I was to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Lesson learned. <laughs> Lesson learned. But, uh, you know, you, you try. I think, you, I think um, you know, getting into that, you try at the beginning, and then you realize, oh, I sh- probably should have thought about this this function or that function, and then you just get better. Um, you know, the next time I do something like that, I'll, I'll be thinking about a lot more than I did, you know, this, this last time. So, you know, definitely each time you do something, it's a, it's a learning experience. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. even if you've done it a million times to other vehicles or other situations, it doesn't necessarily apply to the one you're doing currently. Yeah. So, so, you know, I think if you look at it from the outside, you, it, it seems like, oh, cars are pretty much the same, you know, but each car you do or even each year you do you'll find like like individual like just headaches you know there's no other way to say it but you know why why do you pick a 95 and not a 97 it's like oh you'll find the 95 has a lot less Mm. like you know it may have a different egr system or something and and all that plays into is is the swap going to be easy Mm. um another project i have is a nissan hard body truck and I'm trying to swap in a uh, supercharged VG33ER, and there's a lot of things wow. about like what to f- what to pick on the the donor vehicles or what parts I need to transfer over. And you know, maybe 10 years ago I would just jump into it and then have a figure it out. You later. know, have have something holding a car spot, you know, parking spot, because I wouldn't figure it out. It would take a long time. But now I'm I'm just trying to be more careful. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you know, just planning. And yeah, it makes everything yeah. more efficient. Yeah. Now, with those older cars or those projects that kind of stalled, um, how do you get back on the horse? Because I know that's tough. It's it's tough. I I would say uh, the biggest thing is you stop making excuses. Mm. Um, I'm very good at making excuses. <laughs> Everybody's good. <at> making excuses. <laughs> you know, I'm busy. I'm busy. Because <laughs> oh, I'm so much more important things to do. But uh, you know, it's it's like, why did you start this project? Like, what did you want to see? And you know, obviously, you're not seeing it. It's like, do you still want to do those things with this car? And okay, if I want to do that, then I need to I need to put time into it. I need hmm. to put time. I need to spend an afternoon just planning things out. What's what do I need to go back and and do? But but it's it's the it's just taking away the excuses mm. and then realizing that you still want to do, you still want to finish it. If, you're, if your life has changed or your plans have changed, it's, it's understandable. But if you still want to take a supercharged Nissan truck out into the Mojave, <laughs> you, 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 you got to do it. You know, otherwise, you're going to be dreaming about it. Download the CarParts.com app and accelerate convenience with access to over 850,000 auto parts at your fingertips. We make it easier to find the parts you need anytime, anywhere. Get it now on the Apple App Store and Google Play. J.C. Whitney is back. 
the original auto parts catalog, a garage staple and cultural cornerstone for over 100 years, is now a magazine. Whether you're a newcomer or a longtime gearhead, J.C. Whitney instills confidence by delivering expertly curated auto parts and a gateway to engaging community experiences, entertainment, resources, and inspiration. Learn more about the new J.C. Whitney at jcwhitney.com. Oh, I love that. So you had the vision, and if you just reflect back on that vision, it kind of makes you, uh, you know, find the project again, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Just, just don't forget why you wanted to do it. Oh, I yeah. love that. And, yeah. and you know, it sounds kind of ridiculous if you're like, "Well, you started it for that reason. Why would you forget that?" And it's like, "Well, a lot of crap happens." <laughs> I mean, life happens. Life happens every day. So. No. So, yeah. Well, and unlike yeah. a job, you know, a job, yeah. you're like, well, you have a project and yeah. so you got to get the project done. And so there's definitely a financial uh, motivation to finish it on a certain time. But I think with your personal projects, it's up to you. Yes. And, and, and that is a problem. It's, it's so easy to put off your personal projects for somebody else's mm -hmm. or to help somebody else. And, and I do that a lot. And I just need to remember why. I want to do my own projects. Yeah. Well, and I think people benefit from seeing you finish your projects too. You know, a lot of times, uh, you know, you'll get motivated to finish yours if you're like, well, you know, Bob was complaining about that for years yeah. and here it is. It's done. Yeah. He did it. Yeah. Now that that's true. And, <laughs> and I have some friends, which we've got our projects that have been sitting for a long time. And it's like, we're both like, all right, we gotta, we gotta get you, you do yours and I'll do mine. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, I like that yeah. buddy system. Yeah. You know, you keep, yeah. you keep each other accountable. Yeah. And maybe every time you see each other, you're like, how's it going? Yeah. You're like, yeah. oh, you yeah. jerk. And how, how, <laughs> how can I help? How can I help? Yeah. You know, cause, uh, sometimes it's easier to offer help to somebody else. So you find the right friends, they'll help you and you help them and you'll get through the, the, the struggles. You know, ah, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Well, it's accountability, but yeah. also just support. Because yeah. I think yeah. a lot of times you're like, well, I don't care about it. If I don't care about it, then yeah. who cares? And yeah. it's like, no, your yeah. friend don't care. <laughs> you, you definitely run into roadblocks and, and it helps to have someone to, to sound off or, or talk to, um, hopefully with more experience than you. Mm -hmm. is, is that kind of the, the default, uh, kind of solution when you run into just a brick wall where you're like, there's no fixing this or. Yes. Um, I find friends and the internet are like just amazing. The amount of information and the number of intelligent people online is just, it just constantly amazes me. And, and definitely just, if you get stuck, just, just do a few searches and it may not even be your exact um, situation, but it'll definitely put you back probably in the right direction. Mm. Yeah. Just having that idea that you yeah. didn't have before, like, Oh, I haven't tried that. Yeah. You know, and like you're saying, <clears throat> you know, sometimes you'll run into some of them are like, oh, yeah, I was worked for NASA and built the spaceship or some crap. And now I'm helping you fix your Nissan. Uh, that's not uncommon. So, I mean, that is one of the coolest things about the, the car community is, you know, I I started and, you know, there's just the variety of people. I mean, my I have friends who work down the street for some of the defense companies and mm -hmm. we all started in the same place, you know. Um, you know, working on an old Nissan, trying to make it cooler when it probably wasn't that cool, but, <laughs> you know, and, and just the different paths in life that, you know, we, we all got from the same place and, and they are extremely intelligent and they are extremely resourceful and, mm -hmm. and helpful. Yeah. Well, I think that yeah. the helpful side is always, I think it kind of shocks people sometimes because you're like, wow, you're so incredible and you've done all these things and you're just going to give me advice for free. You know, that's uh, shocking a lot of time. 
Yeah, and and I think it's the community. I think, um, you know, we we tend to recognize like other people's projects as as like, hey, I had my project, and I really wish somebody helped me through this. Mm. And so it's kind of a, you know, it's just it's just a good group of people. I mean, um, the the car car community, you know, everyone that I've been a part of, whether it's classic cars or or you know luxury VIP cars or or drift cars or you know track they're they're all supportive um each group sometimes has their little like thing that you're like yeah. well i'm not going to talk about <laughs> this with these guys I'm you know get my head bit off <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but but overall that the the communities are great and they're just great people mm. no and that's what i found too and yeah. it seems like everyone does have that culture but the underlying thing is you know you it's a hobby uh, you find it really interesting at the end of it. If you succeed, you get something cool to drive around, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty rewarding. Um, but you know, sometimes it doesn't feel like it's going to be, but I mean, every project that I've completed, I feel, um, you know, has been just, it's just really refreshing and, mm. and just feels good, you know? Yeah. No, and I think, and, and again, like your point on uh, how it's kind of reflected in life is, yeah, nothing feels better than <laughs> finishing something that was really, really hard or yeah. time consuming or ran into a bunch of challenges. You know, there's uh, really good lessons to learn in there. Yeah. So in terms of those project cars, the ones you do finish, uh, what do you typically do with them? Do you end up selling them or trading them or? I have a lot of cars. You keep them forever. Uh, <laughs> I, I sometimes have a hard time letting them go when I know the reason why I finished a project. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes I sell them. You know, sometimes you, you just you just finish and you move on. There's something else you want to do. Um, but I tend to keep a lot of cars um, about... 10. 10. Don't, don't tell my dad. Hopefully he doesn't see this. <laughs> doesn't see the parking lot. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's just, uh, you know, do I, do I like camping? Do I like overlanding? Yes, I do. And I'm just going to keep, keep doing it. So I'm going to keep this car. You know, some people are like, Oh, well, you just need one car. And I'm like, well, well, no, no. Cause I, I want to, I want to be able to, you know, drive a seventies car on the weekend up PCH, but I don't want to drive that car every day, mm. you know, to, to work. Um, and, and there's, I'm just like maybe really picky, you know, I, yeah. I feel like there's the perfect car for me for like 10 different situations. Ah, so, I, I yeah. like that a yeah. lot. Oh, it's a different tool for a different, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. problem. Yeah. Oh, love that. Let's talk about overlanding because that seems to be a kind of departure from everything else that, you know, the seventies BMWs and the drifters and, and then overlanding, <laughs> which got you into that. So, you know, I think there's something, uh, just really peaceful about camping in general. Um, and, and I wouldn't say I'm not a people person, but there's plenty of times that I just want to be away. And I think with traditional camping, you go to a campsite and there's a bunch of other people, they're listening to music. And it's like, it's just like, I, I travel 500 miles to have bad neighbors. You know? <laughs> Outside so, that you can't get away yeah, from. <laughs> yeah. So with, with overlanding, it's, it's like, I can go to places that there's nobody there. I can climb a mountain and just look, you know, 180, 260, maybe 360 degrees and just be like, this is, I'm the only person out here. And it's it's really peaceful when when you do that and it's great to be able to drive your own vehicle your own truck and and just experience it i i don't do the super hardcore 
you know, I don't have like the rooftop tents and stuff oh, okay. like that. I, I, I try to keep it simple and minimalist. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a guy used to very uncomfortable things, smashing knuckles and no, dropping things on my feet. So I can handle like sleeping in the back of a truck, um, or, or tents, you know, it's, it's, it's part of the experience, you know, I love that. No, that, I think you just sold me on overlanding because I'm like, oh. that sounds incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, on the West Coast, I think we are just uniquely blessed mm. with so much, um, you know, federal land, um, you know, and, and as long as we take care of that land, keep it clean and don't don't ruin it. Um, you know, the land is ours to to use and enjoy. And, um, you know, I think it's a it's not just the West coast, but I think uniquely West coast that we have so much mm. and, and you can really get away and just, you know, enjoy yourself. I, well, I completely agree with that. I, yeah. I live in Texas now. And so, you know, we have the hill country, yeah. but the hill country is like a hundred foot tall hills. <laughs> like <laughs> this is not hills. <laughs> like we had yeah. hills in Southern yeah. California. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you could go anywhere and even, yeah, with well, Texas, there, there's tons to see too and tons yeah. of trails and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But if you don't, uh, you know, have any ability to get out to those locations, then you're never really going to experience them. And like you said, I, I actually grew up going to Leo Carrillo and El Capitan. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, that was like our, our annual, you know, summer trip. And, but you're surrounded by other people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful. And, and, and uh, I mean, plenty of the people, I mean, the people are wonderful. Um, I was out at like Jalama beach or Llama beach. And I mean, I, I, I love it, but sometimes I just want to be away and that's what really overlanding gives you. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be super dangerous or crazy. No, no. I, I think the, I think the whole idea is not to push yourself or push the vehicle to the point where you don't know if it's going to make it. Mm. Um, because you have a, you know, if I'm going to do like off-roading or rock crawling, um, I definitely want to go in a group and I definitely want to be not that far away <laughs> from, from help. <laughs> you know, I bring tools, but, uh, you know, definitely, It'll definitely, I, you know, you can ruin your weekend. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think well, we talked to uh, Jerome, one of our other yeah, uh, yeah. workers here at uh, Car yeah. Parts, and he was saying, yeah, you don't want to get stuck somewhere and have to, well, go into town, find the part. He did say that that was part of the adventure, though, and solving the problem. And, yeah. And yeah. Then you made it. I think definitely being prepared is, 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 is nice. Um, I, you know, I just set little rules like, you know, I'm, I'm going to try the trail in two wheel drive. Mm. Um, if I, if I get stuck in two wheel drive, I'll, 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 I'll use four wheel drive and I'll use four low, you know, just kind of don't, don't get yourself into something that you're just done. Like, mm. you know, obviously, you know, you've, you've got ramps and stuff if you need it and you know, you've, you know, I actually don't have a winch, but you know, somebody has a winch if, if, if you're going out, um, you know, there's a lot of things to help you out, but just don't dive head first into something that you don't know you're going to get out of. That's, yeah. that's. And again, that's kind of like with, with the car projects too. Um, you know, I, I was joking about don't start working on your car when your other car is, you know, stuck behind it, because if you get stuck, you're, you're really stuck. So, you know, always plan, you know, a way out, you know, no, it makes a sense. plan B. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I think, you know, the whole theme of this has really been like how, what you do actually applies to life. And, and that's true too. You know, you could push it. <laughs> but have a way out yeah. know, or a plan. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Love that. So yeah. I know you used to work at carparts.com, uh, but now you're with uh, TYE? TYC. Yeah. C. I yeah. was like, oh, that's right. So I, I, I left uh, uh, a lot of wonderful people at, at Carparts for a, a great opportunity as the vice president of product at TYC. Oh, wow. And um, I think what's different about TYC is we, we manufacture uh, a lot of parts. And there's always just kind of a little bit more excitement when you're into, you know, manufacturing and mm. developing parts. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, the other reason why I chose TYC is, is uh, the, it has a kind of a quality mindset. It's mm -hmm. a quality mindset where, you know, we, we want to bring quality parts to the market. And, you know, for someone who works on cars, like I, I appreciate that, you know, when I buy a part, I want it to fit right. <clears throat> I don't want fitment issues. I don't want performance issues. And, you know, you know, I, I like it when they think of the installer. So, mm -hmm. you know, do you have to transfer a bunch of rusty screws from a 10 year old part to a new one or does it already come with it? Ah. And, and, you know, that's that's kind of what I I, I like about TYC. And, and that's what I going to work every day, like trying to think about who's actually putting the part on the car and, and providing them the best part I can. Oh, I love that. Yeah, really uh, customer-minded where you're, you're thinking about that kind of stuff. One, you could just think about profits and be like, well, that's going to cost an extra 50 cents to put the screws in. <laughs> Plus exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a vicious world, you know, but but at the end of the day, like you make somebody's life easier, you know, they'll, okay, they'll be back. loyal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. Uh, yeah. And actually this whole talk, you know, I think uh, applying all these lessons that are uh, really practical for working on cars and, and, you know, enjoying your hobbies also apply to every other aspect of life. So, yeah, you know, I, I yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's just, it's cars have taught me so much and given me such a, a, a wide variety of, of friends and experiences. Um, and, you know, I, I definitely not planning on leaving this this space or this uh, community anytime soon. Well, it's going to be needed for yeah. a very long time. So uh, really happy that you're there and you're, you know, developing products that people like and, and make their lives easier because of how you guys build them. Uh, and we sell them here at carparts.com. So keep doing what yes, you're doing. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show. That yeah, was a pleasure. All right. And thank you guys for listening. If you want to hear more, go and check out the In the Garage podcast at carparts.com.